Well, hello, everybody. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another exciting episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. On today's broadcast, we're going to go into part number four of the series entitled The Real Jesus. Today's subtitle is The Atmosphere of Miracles. That's right, The Atmosphere of Miracles. I'm telling you, the atmosphere of miracles is all around you. Jesus has actually already done the work, and we enter in into mighty miracles through the faith of God on the inside of us. I'm telling you, it's a wonderful message. This is truly your day for a miracle, and I'm thankful that you are here to listen to Kingdom Rock Radio. Don't forget to join us on our website 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. Become our friend on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We will be so glad to have you. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled The Atmosphere of Miracles, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, uh, as you know, we've been in a series for the last few weeks um, entitled The Real Jesus. And we're going to go right back into that series today. So I pray that you are ready to dive into the rich word of God with me today. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you pulling today? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke, Luke, the fifth chapter, Luke 5. And we're going to do just a little bit of reading this morning. Luke 5, verses 17 through 26. Luke 5, verses 17 through 26. And we'll speak from the subject today of the atmosphere of miracles. The atmosphere of miracles. Still in the series, The Real Jesus. This would be part number four. The atmosphere of miracles. Luke, the fifth chapter. Verse number 17 through 26. Let's have a good time today in the word of God. And it says here, this is of the King James Version. Are you ready? And it says here, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Interesting to note here, uh, historically, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the doctors of the law, all of them would come. These were the religious leaders and all of them would come to try to trap Jesus in some sort of way to try to stop him or hinder him in some sort of way. Now, notice here it says the atmosphere um, that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. In other words, the atmosphere was charged. There was a miracle atmosphere right there in the face of the Lord's haters. Right there in opposition, right there in conflict, right there when things did not look well at all. I mean, they came out of every town. Look at that. What an attack. They came out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. Three towns. They're ganging up on the Lord. They came out of, here are these big wigs coming out of these three cities, not just from one place, but from three cities. They came around. Let's see about this man named Jesus. How can we trap him? How can we stop him? Here was conflict. But in the middle of, in the midst of conflict, the power of the Lord was present to heal. 
So think about that for a moment. As we talk about the atmosphere of healing, atmosphere of healing, you'll find that in many cases, it's an atmosphere of conflict when things don't look like healing should occur. It does not look like miracles should occur. It doesn't look like it at all. But yet still, the power of the Lord was present to heal. Let's look at verse number 18. And behold, men uh, brought uh, in a bed a, a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way uh, they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went unto the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. Verse 20. And when Jesus saw their faith, say he saw their faith. He saw their faith. Now, that's another thing we want to see here. There was an atmosphere uh, that was present. Let's go in order. There was a conflict, conflict. And then there uh, is an atmosphere. And now we see faith emerging here. It says, and when he saw their faith, he said unto the man, he said unto him, man, thy faith, rather, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Verse 21. And the scribes and the, uh, rather, yeah, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? You see, they were there poised, ready to strike. Just like a cobra, just like a snake, ready to strike. They found something. Who is this? Nobody can forgive sins but God. Who is this? Well, if you look a little bit deeper, you'll find that it is God forgiving the sins. And it says in verse 22, But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered, he, he answering said unto them, what, what reason ye in your hearts? Whether is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say rise up and walk. What's easier? Verse 24. But that ye may know that the son of man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately, immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereupon he lay and departed into his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today, strange things today. I want you to see those elements, because whenever faith, whenever the atmosphere of miracles is present, you're going to find faith. Uh, you're going to find conflict. You're going to find those two things, faith, and you're going to find uh, conflict. You're going to also find uh, elements of worship as well, people being truly devoted. Now, let's define some words before we go further. Because uh, if you would hear today uh, that you are always in an atmosphere of faith, you're always in an atmosphere of miracles. Always. And I'm going to show you that, show you that today in the word of God. You are always in an atmosphere of miracles. Some people are standing around waiting on something to happen without realizing that they're already in an atmosphere of miracles. The power of God is present among you. Even right now, this very moment. 
Let's talk a little bit about uh, what we mean by the word atmosphere. We're speaking from the subject today of the atmosphere of miracles. A surround, a mirror, rather, we can say here that the word influence means a surrounding influence or environment. It's the air that we breathe. It's the air that's all around us. Atmosphere. Miracles. Now, I want you to think we're going to look, think a little bit differently about the word miracle. There are, about, there are three definitions that I want to give you concerning what a miracle is. Are you ready? All right. Understand something. Miracles should be commonplace to the born-again believer. They should be the exception and not the rule. What we're trying to do today by the Spirit of God is to walk you into the promises of God that he has already laid out for you. For us to be without one moment of time, understand that that is not the will of God for your life. He already has abundance that is waiting for you. He has already released promises. He's already released provisions, already released healings. Everything that you need in your life has already been released. Let's get into the definition of miracles. Miracles, the first definition I want to give you, an unusual or wonderful event, an unusual or wonderful event that is believed to be caused by the power of God. Most of us would agree that that's a miracle. An unusual or wonderful event that is believed to be caused by the power of God. Second definition, a sovereign act of God that works independently from the efforts of man. It's when God does something. You had nothing to do with it whatsoever. God brought it to pass. He brought it through. You had nothing to do with it. Most of the church is camped out right here at the second definition. We're waiting on God to do something apart from us. We want God to do all the heavy heavy lifting and we sit back and supervise. You do it, God. You do it. You do it. We want a sovereign act of God and where he does everything and we do absolutely nothing. Most of the church is camped out right here. There, in that place. But that is still a miracle. The third definition would be when man works with God to manifest the will of God in the earth. Miracle. When man works with God, forming a divine partnership with God, this produces something tangible in the earth. Miracle. This is the, this, the third, def, the third definition, uh, definition should be the rule. And the second should be the exception. Third definition meaning we work with God. I have a part in this. I work with the Father to bring about the manifestation of this miracle, or the manifestation of this blessing. I work with God. I had faith. I believed in the word of God and it brought this to pass. But here again, a lot of people are still camped out on the second definition. They're waiting on a sovereign act of God. They're waiting on God to do everything and we sit back and do nothing. And we sit and wait. And when God does not do it, we point our fingers and blame him. 
You let so-and-so die. You put this sickness on me. You didn't give me the job. You didn't give me that promotion. You didn't bring the money to pass, uh, bring me the money when I wanted it, when I needed it. It's your fault, God. They're waiting on the miracle to happen, waiting on God to do everything, and they do absolutely nothing. Now, are there cases when God will do everything you do it and you do absolutely nothing? Of course there are. Of course there are. No one had to believe. You don't have to believe that um, the Lord Jesus is coming back for his church. You don't have to believe it at all. You don't have to believe. You don't have to pay attention. You don't have to do it at all. He's coming. That's a sovereign act of God. He's going to do it. You don't have to even worry about it. Don't have him think about it. He's going to do it. There are some things that God would do independently from us, but that's the exception and not the rule. To the born-again believer in the Christian walk, I'm telling you that these are the days of awe, that these are the days of miracles, that these are the days of signs and wonders, that these are the days of divine increase, that these are those days. These are the days. And this is one thing that the Lord Jesus spoke about on many different occasions. He went about demonstrating and illustrating the kingdom of God, telling them that the kingdom of God is at hand. Not way over there, not way over yonder, not you'll, be in, you'll get involved in, in the abundance and the healing and deliverance one day when you get to heaven. No, he said the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here. You're already in the atmosphere of miracles. And so he went about preaching and proclaiming that truth. Some took hold of it and some did not. But so here again, the third definition is when man works with God to manifest the will of God in the earth. Now listen, here again, but I suggest to you that many Christians are experiencing miracles through, they are expecting rather, miracles through an independent work of God. They're expecting God to do it. And they do absolutely nothing. There are many that are sitting at home, not filling out an application, not uh, not uh, going out and seeking a job. They're sitting at home waiting on the phone to ring on someone to offer them a job. Now, can that happen? Sure it can. But that is the exception and not the rule. Are you hearing? Let's talk about faith for a moment. Because faith is a big part of this as we talk about miracles, faith and miracles and and uh, manifesting things that God has already done. Let's go to uh, Hebrews 11 chapter. We're going to go very simple. Hebrews 11 chapter. Hebrews 11. We're going to look at verses number one and verse number two. All right. Verse number one and verse number two. This is what it says. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not what? Seen. Verse two, for by it, the elders obtained a good report or your ancestors obtained a good report. Those that went on before you, they obtained a good report. Here again, by faith, uh, rather, it says verse number one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is not God doing it, God doing it all. He does all the heavy lifting and we sit back and supervise. Let me say that again. That is not faith. Are you hearing? 
No, it's a partnership between you and God. It's when we enter into what he has already done or what he has already accomplished on your behalf. Jesus, as we talk about healing, he's not going to get back on the cross or he's not going to allow people to whip him again. The stripes have already been laid upon his back, upon his body. The wounds have already been inflicted. He's not going to be beat again every time someone needs to be healed. The work has already been done. It's already been done. We just have to enter into the work that has been done. Does that make sense? As it relates to salvation, Jesus is not going to get back on the cross again and die for us again all over again. He's not going to go down into the lower parts of the earth and rise again on the third day. He's not going to go through all of that again every time someone wants to get saved. No, when people are saved, they enter into a work that has already been accomplished, that is already done. Our problem is, is that we expect God to redo something. We expect God to do something to make something happen that wasn't there. When it's already happened, the work has already been fulfilled, promises already given. We have to enter into, open the door and go into what God has already done. Are you hearing? Faith, we can say it this way, faith is a, um, a medium of exchange or the currency of heaven. You're going to find, we're going to give you several examples today, the Lord willing, several examples of where someone releases faith and receives something else that they need from God. Remember, here's that third definition, that third definition where man works with God. So faith is also a medium of exchange. You release something and then God releases something to you. I want you to see this develop in this atmosphere of miracles that is constantly around you. There's an atmosphere, there's an, there's an air, there's air all around you that is swarming with the miracles and the potential of great things happening. And this is around you every single day of your life. If you are a born-again believer, the atmosphere around you is already charged with the supernatural. Need I remind you that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and that Jesus promises that he will never leave you nor forsake you. The miracle worker is already with you. He's already around you. His angels, goodness and mercy already follow you all the days of your life. The atmosphere is already charged with what you need. But the problem is, once again, most will sit in that atmosphere. They are born again believers that are sit in that atmosphere, won't lift a finger and say, God, you do it. I'm praying you do it. And they do absolutely nothing. There is no exchange. Now, again, are there times when God will do everything and you do nothing? Sure it is. But that is the exception and not the rule. It's the exception and not the rule. Many people will die and have died believing that God would do something and they'll line up, they'll stand in heaven and they'll say, God, why you didn't do something? And the father will say, why didn't you do something? 
Scripture says emphatically that faith without works is dead. So the problem is, uh, once again, is that you, if you're standing in faith with God, if you believe in God for a miracle, whether it's a financial miracle, whether it's, whether it's healing or deliverance, whatever it is that you believe in God to manifest in your life, you're going to have to ask the Lord, first of all, Lord, are you going to give me this by a sovereign action where I sit back and do nothing and you do everything? That doesn't even sound right, does it? But it can happen. Or we're going to say, God, what is my part in this miracle? What is my part in this miracle? Amen? Amen. So if we if you're in the position where God's saying you got a part, do your part and I'll do my part. This is why many are not receiving the miracle working power of God because they're not doing their part. Does that make sense? Let's look, let's look a little bit further. So here again, uh, faith is a medium of exchange or currency, or it is, we can say, the currency of heaven. It's something that God has given to everyone. Romans 12, 3 says that God has given to everyone a measure of faith. Romans 12, 3. Everybody has faith. Everybody has a measure of faith. If you say, well, I don't have any faith. I don't have any faith. Well, no, you have faith. And I can show you in several ways. When you go out to your car in the morning, you have faith that is going to start. You're believing that is going to start. When you put in 40 hours or 60 hours a week uh, on your job, you have faith that you're going to get paid. We all have faith. As a matter of fact, if mankind did not have faith, it would be impossible to be saved. Because you're going to have to believe in order to be saved. So we all have a measure of faith. But the faith of God within us, if you allow it to, will grow. Faith will grow. Faith is like a seed and it will grow. This is why some have little faith and some have big faith. Some have a lot, some have a little based on how they have exercised it in life. Does that make sense to you? But we all have faith. So if someone says, I have no faith, I'll say, what have you done with it? Because God has given to every man, every woman, every boy and girl, a measure of faith. We all have it. Are you hearing? All right. Faith is also the key that opens the door to the supernatural in your life. It's the key. The Bible says uh, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Constantly hearing the promises of God, constantly hearing the word of God. The more you hear his word, the more you hear his promises, the more you meditate on the person of Christ. You can see this. The more faith begins to grow and build in your own life. So if you're not hearing of the promises of God, you're not hearing the, the if you're not hearing the word of God, if you're not meditating or believing in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, Chances are your faith is nil to nothing. It's there, but it is very small because you haven't built it up by hearing and hearing and hearing. Are you, are you, are you hearing? All right. True faith is a substance that always compels us to, to action. It compels us to act. I believe, therefore I act. True faith also compels us to speak. 
I believe, therefore I say. If we have the faith of God resident on the inside of us, it's going to cause us to move. You're going to move in the direction of your beliefs. If I were to tell you that right now there is a check under your chair, if I were to tell you this morning I came in early before you and I was the first one in this building and I put a check for $100 under one of your chairs. Yes, there you have it exactly. (laughs) Some of you right now have begun to stretch under your chair to look and see if it was there. Why? Because your body began to move in the direction of your faith. If you thought, well, he's just teasing, he didn't do it, you're not going to stretch. But you'll always be thinking, hmm, did he do that? Did he do that? I know Pastor Stroud, did he actually do that? Hmm. Faith always moves in a certain direction. You believe. Once you believe, you will react. If I were to tell you again that, um, let's say that there was a crocodile at the door or a crocodile was in the baptismal pool in the back, a big 20, no, 10-foot crocodile in the back, it was hungry. And it's coming over the pool right now, and it's coming, coming toward the chairs. Now, you're facing me. You're facing forward. The pool is in the back. If you believe what I said, I think you'd be hopping up from those chairs. But you know the chances of that happening are very, very slim to nothing. Correct? Again, you believe and you will react. You believe and you will react. True biblical faith is tied into reaction, is tied into action, and is tied also into speaking. You begin to speak in line with what you really believe. If someone tells you all your life, you're never going to be anything, you're never going to do anything, you hear it, faith comes by hearing, faith comes by hearing, faith comes by hearing, and what happens? We begin to do nothing. And many times we begin to echo those same words, I'm not going to do anything, I'll never be anything. You're echoing what you've heard. You're echoing, even your actions are beginning to echo it as well. So it works for as far as faith in God and also faith also in the negative, in the negative faith or the anti-faith. We can call anti-faith being doubt. Doubt. God says, I will supply all of your needs. Oh, I doubt it. And because because doubt is in play, you won't go up and get a job. You won't give a tithe. You won't give an offering. You won't come to church because you doubt that God will do anything for you. You doubt that God will have a word for you, so there's no point in even coming. There's no point. Doubt also acts like faith. It's negative faith. It's anti-faith, and it will prevent you from doing things that God has called you to do. It will hinder you from seeking God for the answer. Does that make sense to you? So this is why they say you need to feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. Are you hearing? All right. Again, so let me say it this way as well. True biblical faith is always based upon the word of God. It's based upon the word of God. It is also based upon the promises of God. It is based upon the testimony of Jesus Christ. 
So you believe in God for healing. Make sure that you tie your healing, your belief for healing, tie that into his word. Lord, I believe you healed me based upon what you said in your word. You said that it is by your stripes that I'm healed. I stand on that word because I know that you cannot lie. True biblical faith will become your new reality. Let me say that again. True biblical faith will become your new reality as you meditate on what God has promised you, as you stand upon what he has promised. Are y'all hearing me today? It must become your new reality. Once you begin to believe God, everything around you should, be, should then become a lie. Once you begin to believe the Lord for something, whatever that something is, whether it's healing, let's stay at healing for a moment. Once you begin to believe God for your healing, then every pain you feel must be a lie. Test results must be a lie. Doctor's reports must be a lie. One person is going to be telling the truth. Is it going to be the doctor or is it going to be God? Is it going to be your body or is it going to be God? Well, what if, what if that doesn't happen and, and I die believing the Lord? You die in true biblical faith, then you carried something so precious up into the heavenlies. You carried a substance more than gold into the heavenlies. Hallelujah. I would rather die in faith than live in doubt. You can tweet that too. I would rather die in faith than live in doubt. Are you hearing? Hallelujah. So perhaps God will heal. Perhaps God is healed or he has already done that. I'm going to believe in what he said and everything else will be a lie. Are you hearing? Remember again, faith always holds on to a word. It holds on to a promise or a testimony. Many people in scripture, and we'll see this, believe that Jesus would do something based on what he saw them do for someone else or based on what they heard he did for someone else. I heard that he was a healer. And so that the droves came, the people came, they came, they came, they came based on what they heard. Here again, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we can believe the Lord by virtue of testimony, just like they did in scripture. You heal the woman with the issue of blood. Lord, I know you can heal me with my issue of blood. If you haven't, someone has an issue of blood. Lord, you heal the paralyzed man. I know you heal me of, of my uh, paralyzedness, <laughs> of my paralysis. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Are you hearing? You can base your faith on the testimony of Jesus, yes. on what he has done for others. You find many wonderful examples of this in Scripture. This is how many of the people that in the Bible were healed because they heard on what Jesus did for others. Scripture says plainly on many occasions, and his fame went abroad, and his fame went abroad. They had heard what Jesus did for someone else, and then they came in expectation of Jesus doing that exact same thing with them. Are you hearing? Let me give an example. Let's go to John 5 now. Let me give an example of another atmosphere. And I want you to catch this, another atmosphere of miracles. Now, there are several uh, wonderful areas here, but then there are also several problems. 
that I want you to see. I don't want you to be paralyzed as most of them were in this case. John 5, and uh, let's just look, we're gonna, let's go straight to the skinny of it. Uh, John 5, verse number 6, 7, 8, and 9. Are you there? Are you getting anything out of this today? I'm praying that the Lord would, in so many words, demystify miracles for you. That he would demystify the working of faith for you. Because this should be something that is commonplace. Let's go. John 5, verses 6 through 9. Let me say this as well. Thank you, Holy Spirit. As we said, faith has a voice. Faith also has an attitude. It has a tood, as Diane would say. Faith has, a, has, a, has, has an attitude. Faith has a praise. Uh, faith has um, a shout. Faith has a belief. By the same token, the negative of faith, the opposite of faith, doubt, we could say, also has an attitude, also has a tone. Faith has a look, head up, shoulders back, I believe God. The opposite of faith also has a, a tone or a mood, head down, shoulders in. Faith has a posture, and so does doubt. Your faith, your words, your attitude, your actions signal to God that you're ready for this transaction. Remember, faith is the currency of heaven, we can say, a medium of exchange. Your posture, your speech, your belief, your meditating on the scriptures tells God that you are ready for an exchange. It's like you're going into Walmart, you have your monies together and you go up to the counter and you have your goods, you are telling the cashier that you are ready to make this exchange. I'll give you money for these products and leave the store. Your faith, when you declare God's word, you are signaling to heaven and also to the demonic all around you that you are ready to make an exchange. Just like the woman with the issue of blood coming um, in the press and saying within herself, if I may just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. If I may just touch, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. She said it again and again and again and again. She was signaling that I'm ready to make an exchange. And what happened? She touched the hem of his garment. And what happened? She was made whole. Exchange. She received her miracle, the healing for the faith that she had. Remember, faith is like currency. It's like money, so to speak. Are you going with me? It's an exchange. You give and you receive. And so we see here, um, so faith has an attitude. Faith has a posture. By the same token, uh, by the same token, doubt also has a posture. The negative faith also has a posture. Your faith in God signals the angels to get to moving. An exchange is about to happen. Get moving. Get moving. They're believing God. An exchange is about to happen. So you put heaven on alert. You put angels, the heavenly angels on alert that something is about to happen. Something's about to transpire. But by the same token, with doubt, that anti-faith, you put demons on alert. 
I can tell just as good and well when the atmosphere, uh, when someone is in the atmosphere of faith, they, they walk differently, they talk differently. There's something about them. They are in expectation of receiving from God, even though their body may still be hurting. Even though the financial situation has not changed, the, the stock report is still down, the bank account still empty and all that stuff, but there's something about them. They look optimistic, so to speak. They look hopeful. They know something is about to happen. And it signals me. It signals the angels. It signals heaven that an exchange is about to take place. At any moment, an exchange is about to take place. But by the same token, the token, the same thing happens with doubt. It signals demonic powers. Let's get on this one. Let's bring him, let's bring him depression. Let's bring them that. Let, let's bring them doom, gloom. Let's, let's bring other things upon this person and really put them further down. It signals people. You know when someone is not standing in faith and where they're standing in doubt. And most of the time, we don't want to be around that negative. We don't want to be around people that are, oh, oh, it's me. Oh, I don't know how I'm doing. Oh, 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 God help me. We understand what's going on, praise Jesus, but I'm allergic to that. You should be allergic to that. This is why scripture says those that are, uh, are, are strong, hey, you help bear the infirmities of the one that is weak. In other words, you help them up. You try to get them up. Hallelujah. Try to get them back in faith. Come on, let's believe God. What word are you standing on? I don't know. I just, I don't. Let's, let's go to the Bible. Let's get the word. Pull the promise. Let's see what God has said. How can we stand on this? What are you confessing? Oh, no, let's stop all of that. Let's stop all that. Let's believe what God said. We do that. Then the wheels will be turning. But it's easier for you to dwell in that anti-faith. It's easier for you to dwell in doubt than to dwell in belief. That is the case for those that are still babes. But as we grow in Christ, it should become easier for you to believe God than it is to disbelieve him. Does that make sense? Again, what we're trying to do today by the power of the spirit is to demystify miracles, try to demystify how to use faith and what faith is. You should be seeing a clearer picture now of how even to uh, how even to navigate or, or how to make an exchange. But let's go a little bit further. Here again, uh, John 5. Here's a clear example of, again, of an atmosphere of miracles. And I want you to see this. There are some problems with this, some issues here, but then there are also some wonderful things. We're going to go straight to it. John 5, verse 6, 7, 8, 9. This is what it says. And Jesus saw him lie. There was a man that was laying there for amount of, an amount of years waiting on the troubling of the water. Let me give you a little um, back um, information here. Uh, there, was an, there was a pool called Bethesda uh, here with five porches. And uh, it was rumored that an angel would come down in a certain season and trouble the water, shake the waters. And the first one in would be completely healed of whatever plague they had. Doesn't matter. First one in, got healed. 
Well, there were a whole lot of folk that, that had heard that, and they were all sitting around this pool trying to get healed. This particular man had been sitting there for 38 years trying to be healed. That's a long, long, long time. Are you hearing? Let's look a little bit further. So it says, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had now, that knew and knew that he had um, been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, wilt thou be made whole? Listen to, listen to how this uh, person answers this question. The impotent man answered, answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step of down before me. What a terrible situation. Someone always faster, always brighter, always this, always that, always steps in front of you and gets your miracle. Jesus said, now here's Jesus, the atmosphere of miracles. He is our example, showing us the way. I'm telling you, Jesus is our example, showing us the way. If you will, he, if, you, if you would hear this, he's like our prototype. He is all that we uh, will be all that we are in him. He is the fullness and God is trying to bring us or not trying, but he is bringing us that will allow bringing us into the fullness of Christ. And so here's Jesus, the atmosphere of miracles. He travels with it just like you. You travel with an atmosphere of miracles. And Jesus asked this man, do you want to be made whole? When this man answers the question, uh, with his faith. Where is his faith? His faith is in the pool. It's not in the word of God. It's not in the person of God. His faith is in an event. Are you hearing? We'll talk more about that in a second. Verse 8. And it says, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And what? Immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Isn't that something? Immediately, he took up his bed and walked. Now, let me, let's talk about some problems for a moment. Um, the people there had faith in an event. They were waiting on the troubling of the water. Again, not necessarily on someone saying, this is what God said. They're waiting on an event. And people are still doing that today. People are still waiting to see something. Yeah. Is it troubling? Amen. Something happening in the water? Yeah. We're still waiting to see something. We are waiting to feel something. Who is God here? I don't feel anything. I don't feel. I don't feel anything. Is God here? I don't feel. I don't, I don't feel. They're waiting on these external indicators to show them that an atmosphere is present. But here's Jesus right here asking, do you want to be made whole? The event hasn't happened, Lord. I haven't seen anything. I haven't felt anything. I'm still waiting on an event. Does that make sense to you? He said they're still waiting. They're still waiting on to, to see something, to feel something, or, or some waiting on a word. Prophesy to me. Prophesy, then I'll believe. Prophesy to me. They are waiting on something favorable to occur. Anything that says that God's word is true uh, before, before they engage their faith to move. 
This man was, he was ready best he could, but he was not going to engage his faith to believe until he saw something. How many people come down to the altar and say, God, I believe you for healing, I believe you for healing, but they're waiting on, waiting on something to come over them, waiting on the Spirit to come over them and, and take them over. Just take me over, Lord. Just, just take me over. Just, 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 just take me over. Slay me. Put me out. Right? Waiting on something. Ooh, I feel, do I feel goosebumps? Waiting on something, waiting to feel something before they will actually believe. Remember, the world says, believe me, rather, the world says, um, show me, and then I'll believe you. But Jesus says, the word of God says, believe me, and then I'll, and then I'll show you. Are you hearing I wonder, are we in that position today? I wonder, are, are we still waiting to engage our faith, waiting on something to happen, and then we'll believe, when an atmosphere of miracles is already here? Jesus interacts with the man to reveal that uh, he should have faith in him, in the word of God, in the person of Christ, and not be paralyzed by the pool. Experiencing, this man was experiencing paralysis by the pool. I can't move because if I get up from here, if I go to the bathroom, what if I do the water may be trouble and I'm going to lose it? Somebody bring me a bucket. <laughs> I can't move from this spot because if I move from this spot, I might miss it. Bound to the pool, paralyzed by the pool, waiting on something to happen when Jesus said, I'm right here. It is already here. Waiting on, waiting on something to happen in order to believe. Waiting on something to happen in order to believe. When you have to engage your faith now. Faith is not a feeling. It is what you know to be true. Faith, we can say it this way, is full assurance in the heart. Being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he's also able to perform. Fully persuaded. When you are fully persuaded, the transaction is about to take place. Remember, you are not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. You're never tapping your foot on the floor waiting on God to show up. No, he's already there. If you would, he's already at the checkout counter. He's the cashier, if you would, waiting, waiting to receive from you that he may release other things that you need. He's already there. It's a sad day when you go into a store and you you go up to the front and there are no cashiers anywhere. And you have your money in hand and nobody's waiting to take your your money so that you can get your products and go home. Anybody been there before? Probably one of those little mom and pop places. There's nobody there, nobody around. You know, but God's not like that. He's fully staffed. His place is fully staffed. There are no lines here. There's no waiting at any of the registers. But the question is, are you ready to make the transaction? Well, how do I make the transaction? How do I, and what is the transaction? Well, you're going to have to have faith. How do I have faith? 
where you're going to have to, first of all, know what God said in relation to what you believe in him for. Amen. What has God said? Can you find other evidence in the word of God where he has done it for someone else? Well, yes. Well, then you can use that testimony to say, Lord, if you did it for them, I know you do it for me. I find it in your word, so I know that it must be true. I want to let that become my new reality, and I'll stand on that, and I will declare that. I will speak that. I will walk in that until that manifests in my life. Now, let me close with this. There are several examples I can give you, but we're not going to do it today. Several examples. There are some times that it is necessary for you to pray about something, but not always. Sometimes it's necessary for you to pray that is to ask God about something. And then other times it is necessary for you to declare something, for you to declare a thing. The problem is sometimes we're praying for something when we should be declaring something. You declare something that is already established, something that is already rooted in your heart, something that you already know to be true. You speak it. You declare that. You say that come to pass in Jesus name. There are times when I'm praying for individuals at the altar or different places when the Lord may release me to pray with them. And I will uh, say a word of prayer over them. I may declare the scriptures first. Lord, this is what you said based on your word. I am saying what you said. So if anybody's a lie here, it's not going to be me. Let's wait for the lightning. <laughs> I'm saying what you said. Yes, yes. Are you hearing? Amen. So I'm saying what you said, God. And so as I'm with this individual, I will declare the word of God. Lord, you're the God that heals us. Um, that you are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that heals us. That is by your stripes that we are healed. You bore our infirmities. You took our sicknesses. Um, I'm declaring these words. I'm declaring the words of God. I'm declaring the words of God over this individual. And then many times at that point, I don't really have to ask God for the healing. I just declare what he's done. So I may say, in the name of Jesus I take authority over the sickness in your body and I decree and declare right now that this body is healed. Amen. In other words, we're taking authority of Christ, the authority that he has given unto us, and we speak that over the situation. But there are some times that you will have to pray. You're asking God about it. Then other times you will speak it and you'll declare it. This morning around four o'clock, around three, maybe three or four o'clock this morning, it was raining. And uh, and this is we're closing here, I promise. Uh, it, it was raining, and for us in this building, rain plus service does not equal very good sometimes. Uh, it gets the rain hitting on the roof gets noisy. It gets very noisy, and not to mention other uh, side effects from other things that happen. Uh, we're praying for the new building. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But this is how it is right now. So I pray this morning, Lord, I didn't feel in my heart to um, declare to the elements. I speak to you elements. I command you to dry up now, blow away. Do not rain on this service today. <laughs> now, I may have done that in time or two. I speak to these clouds. I speak to them. I command somebody said, that sounds far out. No, it's actually a part of Christian living. I speak to you and I command you to go in the name of Jesus. But I did not feel that this morning.
I felt the need more to pray and to ask the Father, Father, would you stop it from raining? Would you stop it from raining so that when we enter into service, the ground is dry and there are not other things that will happen? Could you stop it from raining? Would you stop it from raining so that we will not be hindered today in today's worship service? Hallelujah. And I said, amen. It was raining like cats and dogs then. Uh, but shortly thereafter, it stopped. And it still stopped. Are you hearing? Sometimes you will speak under the authority of Christ. You will command something and it will come to pass. Not praying, you're commanding. You speak in the, in the king's authority. Then other times you will ask him. And you'll have to know the difference of when to do what. We'll talk more about that next time, Lord willing. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So I pray that today that you have a clearer picture, a clearer picture. How many of you would say, I have a clearer picture now? I have a clearer picture. I got a few hands, so that's very good. I've got a clearer picture of how this thing operates. And let me tell you now, let me say it again. An atmosphere of miracles is constantly around you. You should begin to hear people say, well, the atmosphere changes when you come in. Something different happens when you come in. Because you bring in another atmosphere. This is not something that will happen. I'm telling you, this is something that has happened, that is happening right this very second. But as you acknowledge what God is doing, as you acknowledge his power and influence in your life, as you acknowledge him, you begin to walk in it. You begin to walk in it. So let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this atmosphere of miracles that is all around us. Lord, we thank you for the things that you've already done. And we thank you for what you're doing right now and for what you will do. Lord, we agree to partner with you, partner with you in the working of miracles. And Lord, we ask that even more so that you would give us a revelation of what faith is and, and how faith works, that we may make the transaction and receive the invisible into the visible realm. We pray that you are richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing. Don't forget to contact us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out, everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. God bless you, and we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.